Hi, it's I Cedra Person Lynn, walking and talking in LA, and today I wanted to talk about the fact that I'm black. <laughs> if you look at my picture, that is quite obvious. I am African American. My immediate roots are from New Jersey. My family is mostly in Virginia on both sides of my family. And um, I started New Roots out here in Los Angeles for my sons. Uh, everybody on my f my husband's side is fourth generation Angelino. So, actually fifth, I, I guess, with my kids. So, uh, but the story in our family goes way back further. You remember learning about the Louisiana Purchase well, I don't have the years handy. I've been told them, but they don't stick. Um, but my uncle at the family reunion was telling me about the family history. And, you know, in African uh, tradition, the history is very oral. Remember Alex Haley and talking about the griots and all that? Um, and so as a result, um, he he said, okay... So there's Spain in Europe, right? But the Moors came over from Africa and developed a lot of Spain. And so there's Moorish architecture there. There's a lot of DNA that's been planted all around, up and through in there. And um, our family has always been Masons and um construction and bricklaying and architectures and all that stuff. And so um, there was uh, our our uh, ancestor who some people think his name is Alphys, came over uh, during the, the Louisiana Purchase because the government was hiring to develop different parts of it. Napoleon had had his behind served to him by the Haitians and uh, he was, like, ready to get out, and he just said, here, take this. And, you know, the Louisiana Purchase was was part of that. Anyway, I, I didn't know the connection or believe it too much, but um, well, let me just finish with Alpha. So he, he came over to the United States to work and take opportunity of these jobs. You know, a lot of people went up to Alaska for the pipeline and people went out west for the gold. You know, people do that. And so when he got here, he was working and I guess he was moving around the country because at some point he wound up in North Carolina. And when he was there, he was captured because it was still slavery days. He was a dark-skinned African from uh, Spain and the Moorish, you know, uh, folks who developed a lot of that. And when he got here, by him being captured, Colonel Person, and I forget his first name, was in the crowd that day, and he bought my ancestor and um, gave him his freedom. And my ancestor said, look... If I go back out there, I'm going to get captured again. You seem to be a good man, an honest man. I'm going to take my chances with you. And from North Carolina, my family migrated to Virginia. And in the Emporia, Virginia area, that's where 
My father was born at home and he was the oldest of his siblings, but um, he had other siblings who were older than him because my grandmother and grandfather got married uh, after my grandfather's second marriage. So that was their third marriage. And um, went ahead and uh, uh, had 14 more. Let's see, what did she do? Now, he had 20 kids. Five died in the flu epidemic. And so there were 15. So he already had... She had 11, so he probably already had four, I guess. And my aunts are probably having a fit, <laughs> me telling this story. But, um, yeah, so my heritage is not enslaved on that side. Um, and there's more to the story, so stay tuned. So... I just have to apologize because I'm trying to tell this story with no notes right off the top. And, um, and <laughs> there's a lot that I remember and there's a lot that I would remember more if my brother-in-law had not taken my interview with my Uncle Warner and a lot of aunts and uncles sitting around the table when I was interviewing her and recorded a football game on the tape. Whoever watches a football game after it's over? I mean, come on. But anyway, that's what happened. So anyway, but I have another uncle, Frederick Douglass person, who confirmed everything that this younger uncle said. And before he died at almost 100, uh, he, he explained a lot and, and, and went into more detail. And I do have audio recordings of my conversations with him. But, so, being very skilled, uh, skilled lab- being a skilled laborer, uh, Colonel Person, who was obviously white, um, knew that my ancestor was not, did not belong to be on a slave block, and that's why he bought him. I just listened back, and I'm just trying to answer questions that even I had. Um... When they got to the Emporia area, they, of course, faced segregation as they had probably all throughout the South. And and it was cold, of course, in the winters and whatnot. And so they decided to build their own school. And they did. They built a school. They built their own church. And our family is responsible for having built most of the buildings or having had a hand in the city buildings and all kinds of different structures in that city, which I think is a beautiful city. And my cousin is the mayor at this point. So anyway, that's a little bit of my history on that side. Now, my grandfather, uh, my father's father, he used to wake us kids up at night because every summer, the minute school was out, we were shipped to Virginia because we lived in New Jersey. And so we had all those, can you imagine all the first cousins that we had? And a lot of the aunts and uncles stayed in the area, my grandmother's children. So we just loved playing with our cousins and having fun. And it was semi-rural, it wasn't rural, it was a city, but they had a property that had a lot of land and crops and things like that. And um, it was remarkable. But on Sundays, my grandfather would pile us up in his pickup truck 
and take us over to North Carolina where we visited our Native American relatives. So that was interesting because I remember that, but my sister does not. I have an aunt who remembers it. So it's like, it's funny because grandpa used to stick us all in his truck and take us over there. And, you know, when you have a bunch of kids around, you just kind of pick whoever's standing closest and say, come on, let's go. Because everybody couldn't fit in there. And back in those days, you could sit in the back and not have, not be tethered to the side. And um, so there was the Native American part that there was a white part in there. Um, And I believe that was an Englishman. I have to get the more details from my aunts. And... um, so in our family, if we were to do DNA, we would expect to see these different things come back. But my niece recently did her DNA, and uh, no Native American showed up. Um, and, and so it's interesting because DNA is the science of it, but, and these people still come to funerals and stuff like that. Um, but I know because I saw them, I remember meeting them, and I remember some of the things that they used to do. So... I know that they're there, but I also know how you come up with DNA. You have to get strands of DNA from actual people. So if they didn't go in that area and get those people, they wouldn't get that strand of Native American DNA. So I'm not too worried about that. But when we come back, because the time is running short again, and I knew this would be a three-parter at least, I want to tell you what happened when I ran my DNA from my mother side of the family. But just know that this side of the family, they provided for our family everything we needed and sent everybody to college who wanted to go. Okay, so that's one part of the family. What I was trying to tell you before the time ran out is that not only did they send all the girls and guys who wanted to go to college, but they also gave a job to all the guys who were in the uh, construction part of the business. So to me, that was a very big source of pride because um, I'm doing my hair so you might hear kind of noises <laughs> as I try to squirt stuff out of these bottles. But anyway, uh, that was a big source of pride because you have to understand a lot of this was back in the 20s and 30s and 40s, somewhere up in there. and um, you know, there were people getting lynched in the early part of that, and and there was a lot of the Jim Crow and all this other stuff. When I was going down south every summer, and my cousins wanted to go to movies, we had to sit upstairs. We couldn't sit in the main part of the theater. I mean, there was all these things. I would read the paper, and uh, and it would say, colored need not apply, stuff like that. You know, it was just really, it was... Uh, It was one of those times, but we didn't really experience that because we were in our part of the uh, city, which was a beautiful uh, area where people had their homes. And yeah, there were some little smaller, you know, those little homes that still had outhouses and stuff like that. But that wasn't our experience. We did, my granddaddy did put indoor plumbing, but I'm sure before the indoor plumbing, there was some outhouse going on. But uh, yeah, so... I'm real happy for him because he bought a lot of land and he gave it to his children and uh, he helped a lot of people. And uh, so on my mother's side, 
we have a whole different story. That story, it was funny because not until Roots did I even call her and say, wait a minute, you guys are always there was this white great grandfather or her her grandfather, whatever. And uh so the question is, uh why didn't I never hear about an African? And, you know, when you watch the series Roots with Alex Haley and all that, uh, so much stuff came out. So a lot of people were, you know, starting to question and figure out what was going on in their family. Why did we only hear about this white uh, ancestor, but never anything? Because our aunts and uncles were very fair with that kind of hair on that side, but there were also some browner ones. So somebody in there had to be from the continent. <laughs> so we were... Uh, you know, I called and asked her about that, and she, you know, when I went to Virginia, I would always talk to my aunts on that side, but those, that side of the family, they weren't like my person side of the family, where they were warm, accepting, open, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a beautiful vibe on, on that side. So, on the other side, we never really were that close because we never went there for the summer, you know. When we did go, we went to my mother's father's people, and those were pure. Like, my grandmother was very light with naturally curly hair, and uh, she married the blackest man that she could find. And uh, <laughs> and so, that's where, uh, and his side of the family, they, again, they had the they had the culture. They didn't leave it back in Africa. And so they were very warm. And, and we would stay there for weeks with Aunt Theolia and Aunt Madeline. And, you know, they would take us crabbing and all this kind of stuff. So, so but this grandfather, the whiter one, he, there was one who looked white and his father was white. Okay, that grandpa, our, my mother's father, my grandmother's father rather, he was the one who looked white. But his father was white. Anyway, between the two of them, they bought up all kind of land around where our family is, also in Virginia, you know. And uh, they gave land to a lot of people, including some of the poor whites in the area. Uh, they sold land, but for the most part, he gave land to all of his children, and they had about 15 too. So uh, all, all around this, this is a rural area. And all around that area is uh, cousins. Everybody, you know, football fields apart, uh, lots of crops, and all the houses in, in a certain area, and the church is in the center of it, they uh, are cousins. God, I gotta tell this story in another five minute segment. I say, I'm trying to get it told, but two sides of the family, hundreds a year in five minutes, it ain't working. I'll be back. So let me set this this part up. This is kind of, it was kind of fun. There was a period of time, and you know, it's still going on, where when, when the DNA tests were first started, there were African-owned uh, con- uh, country uh, companies that would do this DNA, and they had gone all throughout uh, Africa and all that, so that black people could find out where they were from, like exactly where they were from. We knew at the African continent, we know our hair and our skin color and all those things lead us back. And then, you know, we find out later that everybody's from Africa, but that's a whole other story. And <laughs> so um, there were these wonderful reveals where you would do this DNA test. And my husband taught an African history class. So the company uh, asked him, can we test about 30 of your students? And uh, so we had this big reveal and it was 
so much emotion and crying and tears of joy and uh, all that kind of stuff. And people were finding out exactly what native land or what group of people they had come from. So at the Pan-African Film Festival, they had different celebrities and they were doing it. And, you know, things start catching on when you see celebrities doing things. And then, you know, you had Skip, uh, oh, God, the, the historian who has the, um, he, he was doing all the TV shows with people of note and they were going back into their ancestry. So it's become quite a thing. So National Geographic has one, and that's the one my niece did. But we did uh, African Ancestry. And uh, so the wonderful people over there, Gina and, and others, they uh, had us swab our mouths, sent in a swab, and, uh, and then they wrote back with a nice little packet of information of who you were part of. So we were down, and uh, my husband did his part, but, you know, I'm not related to my husband directly, so uh, we were in San Diego doing an African film festival ourselves, uh, more of a historical kind. Excuse me, my hair is all over the sink. I gotta wash all this stuff off. <laughs> anyway, so the lady comes up to me because that was gonna be the day of my reveal. And it's a maternal thing. And she's wringing her hands and she's shifting from one foot to the next. And I'm like, what's the matter? She said, well, do you want to reveal? Do you wanna do this? Because I said, what are you talking about? I don't know what, what it is. And she said, well, your ancestry came back European. Like everybody else is all connecting back to the continent. I've been to the continent, you know. And and she's talking about it came back European again. This is my mother's side. And remember, I told you my great grandmother had uh, my grandmother had a half white father and a white grandfather. But this was the maternal side, and I'm trying to figure out well who on that side was white and could be t uh, handing down DNA uh, in, in a time when, you know, white women weren't having black babies per se, unless she gave it away to, I don't know, I'm making up all this stuff in my head, right? And I was like, sure, you, you can, you know, that's what the story is, tell it. So she did, and uh, and it was, it, she said it came back in less than 1% of the time, you know. And, uh, but the thing was, they didn't say where in Europe, you know? Now all our, when we were growing up, we were told Irish. And when uh, it was St. Patrick's Day, one day the teacher, we were in elementary, asked everybody of Irish ancestry to raise their hand. I raised my hand and all white, you know, it's mostly white kids in my class. All the white kids started cracking up. And they thought it was the funniest thing that I had my hand up there. But that's what my grandmother told me, you know? So anyway, um, come to find out later on, I don't think it was Irish, I, it, it was English, but the last, the root name was Weaver. And, uh, you know, Irish names have a whole different kind of sound. So, okay, that's pretty much what happened there. And, um, and I never went back to like do it again or try to figure out what happened or, or anything like that. I um, so all throughout our family, we have all kinds of DNA. And when you look at our family picture, it has changed. My nephew has a, a son who's part Filipino, and we have people who are part Latino. We have people who are uh, mixed with white and, and look white. And if they're in a room full of whites, you would never know it. So our family picture has changed. Has yours? I think so. You tell me your story.